Hello and welcome to the Beginning by Thinking show. Joining me today is Martin Tai. He's a disabled strongman who currently holds the world record for the heaviest seated deadlift with an astonishing 550 kilogram lift. I've heard through your uh, Instagram, which is at Strongman Thai, that you'll be attempting a 600 kilogram lift. Now these are unheard of numbers, groundbreaking numbers. What I'm going to ask you the question that you've probably been asked a thousand times, which is what was going through your mind before, during, and after the 550 kilogram lift? Yeah, obviously, um, I put a lot of training in beforehand. Um, you know, I knew I was in good shape at the time, and you know, I was feeling strong. Um, obviously, the nerves kick in just before the lift, you're sitting backstage warming up. Um, I'm doing it on a massive stage. Well, I did it on a massive stage at the Arnold Classic in Ohio. Um, so yeah, the, the nerves definitely kick in, but then you've got to take your training and your prep and, and execute that right, uh, which for me would be, you know, just drawing away from everything, ignoring the crowds, uh, just reliving the lift myself uh, in my head, how I'm going to lift it, my placements right, my hand placements right, just going through all the little, all the little bits that, that put the lift together. Um, and then you get wheeled out, obviously, and then the crowd, you know, the crowd lift up. Um, and that probably adds a little bit, gives you a bit of adrenaline. Um, and then, yeah, and then I just close my eyes and I just relive all those steps. I think about what I'm going to do. Uh, I think that, you know, I look like an idiot if I can't lift this. So it's got to go. Sort of reliving the lift afterwards. Were you thinking of the exact moment you picked up that weight? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so for me, um, the lift didn't go 100% smoothly. My placement on the bench wasn't wasn't brilliant. So, what happened is when I was lifting, my legs elevated into the air, I saw which that. is not a problem. Yeah, I, I, when I see the position you get in when when you're lifting that kind of weight, I, I was thinking, oh God, he's going to injure himself because it is a, <laughs> it is an awkward position to be. And 550 kilograms is it's not a weight that you can take lightly i wish i could say i could do that weight in my dreams but i'd probably be more sort of you know i could never even consider lifting a weight like that and yeah yeah definitely it's, it, it, you know it, it's a it's a new event in in disabled strongman um so a lot of people have the same the same theory that you know it looks like you could injure yourself mm. um but in training and the steps i took to perfect that lift um, I do it in a, in a safe manner, so I don't really fear of injuring myself, um, you know, my, my back. Um, if anything, I actually have back problems, um, which most strong men do. Um, but yeah. when I'm deadlifting, um, it takes all the pain away, actually. And it actually feels quite nice loading it with that sort of weight. Um, so, so, yeah, there was safety steps and precaution not, not to injure myself. Mm. So how would you... How would you even train for a uh, 550 kilogram lift? How much effort would have to go into uh, to even think about making a lift like that? So in, in strongman as a sport, we, we tend to train very heavy and for long hours. Um, so the intensity is already there. Um, obviously I try not to do too much deadlifting because if you, if, you know, if you get into the pattern of doing it every day or anything, it, it's, it's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong if you mm. overthink. 
Um, so I tend to train heavy, you know, I train, what, three hours a day most days. Um, and we're talking heavy weights. So as long as I'm doing lots of uh, back exercises and stuff, um, you know, um, shoulders as well, because they take, they, they take the, the punishment of the weight pulling them down. Um, so strengthening my shoulders is a big one. So you've, you've decided to go from 550 to 600 you know, I, wouldn't you go for, for sort of five, seven, five before? Because 600 is like a, that's a huge jump up. You know, you're, you're coming into the area of three quarters of a ton soon. You know, yeah. where's, where's uh, the limit? <laughs> well, that's really where, where I'm at at the moment is, is finding out the limits. You know, I'm, I'm the best in the world at what I do because there isn't many of this. I am. You're the world well, yeah. record holder. You're, you're, yeah. the, you're the first world record holder on the podcast, which is quite cool. For me, that's that's a really sort of cool thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so with me, I'm trying to elevate the sport a lot at the moment as well. Um, we don't get the recognition that we, we deserve at the moment. Uh, disabled Stronger hasn't been around for an awful long time. Mm. And we're taking big leaps at the moment. And uh, every time I can put a spectacle on of me doing something, you know, superhuman, it's only going to elevate the audience and get them more, get, get more audience in to keep watching us and following us. Well, I, I could say that I was, I was stunned by your lift. I, I didn't even think disabled strongman was a thing before, being brutally honest, you know. And, yeah. and when I saw that lift, I was like, whoa holy shit that was yeah. that's incredible and sort of between since i emailed you and now i've just been watching disabled strongman it's it's a cool event yeah it is it, it really you know, does deserve much more recognition than it has it, it takes on a, a different twist of strongman so it's something fresh it's something new um, i think the the attracting part is we all have our own stories underneath our injuries as well mm. um so engage that way is and is also very good for the audience so as far as the uh, psychological versus physical barrier is concerned what was more of a challenge before going into this lift was it more psychological or physical what, what where was your concern lying um so if we go back a few years um when i was first injured i i actually uh suffered a lot with anxiety and stuff so crowds have always been a bit of a problem for me yeah of course. Um, and i've only been competing for what four years as a pro now um and and every competition i've gone to has had that effect on me um and it's only recently probably in the last year and a half that, that i've started opening up getting a lot more vocal now and a lot more comfortable so the the mental build-up was, was really good and to be honest, the, the, you know, the physical build-up was good as well. So I'd probably say it's, com it's combined between the, both of them. But needless to say, I was pretty confident going in. Um, I, I had a brilliant build-up to it. Um, I was injury-free for the first time in, what, three years. So, yeah, I, I was really happy. Now, you talk about stories within the disabled strongman community. Now, yeah. what's, what's your story? I would love to hear your story. Okay, yeah, so... Um, How, what led you to becoming a, uh, a strongman? <laughs> yeah, uh, so basically, um, I was in the army, uh, in, the, in the British forces, 
And uh, in 2009, I was out in Kabul in Afghanistan and a suicide bomber drove into my vehicle and detonated himself, um, which left me uh, not, not in the best way. Um, yeah, that, sounds, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Sort of, um, I, I, was, I, I, don't even, uh, I don't even know how I, how, how I would even describe how that, how that sounds. That's awful. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it you know it, it it comes with the job, so so you've just got to accept it, and you've you've just got to uh, move on and make the best out of the bad thing, you know. Um, I spent a long, you know, I was in a pretty bad way to be honest, um, and we weren't too sure if I was going to pull through it or not. Um, luckily enough for me, I did, um, and then we went over and started rehabilitation, which I didn't really engage with mentally. I wasn't quite there to start rehabilitation but uh, a charity came on board called Battleback for that they're designed to give in injured servicemen and women events training and that's um, Battleback do they do they have a, a website people can visit no unfortunately it, it, it's closed down now um, oh. and now it's just gone over to Help for Heroes oh, okay and um, so it was an off charity from Help for Heroes it was funded through Help for Heroes um, and they took us out water skiing and uh, to start with they did it in October in England it was freezing and I was like I got out of the water I was like nah who does this this is not fun um, and then a couple of weeks later they, they flew us out to Cyprus where we did it again so I mean I got hooked from there I became, a, I became an instructor for Battleback actually uh, to teach people how, how to water ski and wakeboard wow. um, and then kind of a progression from there went on to I started rowing I became British indoor rowing champ for years running mm. um, and then Invictus Games came along uh, the Invictus Games if, if you don't know what they are um, military games put together by Prince Harry uh, it's like a mini Paralympics but for, for injured servicemen and women um, and it was while on one of these training camps um, my friend that I was with had a friend come along to see him and when he wheeled in he was like dude you're, you're big you need to do disabled strongman and uh, I, I wasn't really feeling it at the time I was like yeah yeah just trying to shut him up um, but then he kept on bugging me and bugging me so in the end I, I was backed into a corner so I was like right okay let's do it um, and it was Britain's strongest disabled man the first competition I went to and I came second, missing out on first by one point. So I was wow. like, hey, maybe there's something going on here. So I wow. think I might need to keep up this. What was that like? That, that must have been, was it even something you were considering before? Because to, to no. commit yourself to something like that, you must have, did you even know yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, so I was really just going along to have a go, have a look, see if it's something that, that would be suited to me. Um, you know, I, I was already quite strong anyway because I was doing a lot of powerlifting for Invictus. Um, so I think that just that just rolled into the strongman. And uh, yeah, it was when I came away with second, I was like, whoa, what just happened? Mm. Uh, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was expecting to be, you know, last really. Mm, and um, you just found a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy. And I just from that point onwards, I've, I've been like, this, this is cool. You know, mm. um, you, the only thing that you find with other sports is it tends to be one sport. You're playing football, you're kicking a ball. That's all you're doing. Mm. You play rugby, you're finding a ball. 
in strongman you do so many different events so it, it, it's literally impossible to get bored of the events yeah there, there's there, there are, when i watch strongman there are so many different tests of strength for different body groups there was this one which i've only seen recently where people hold out a hammer like this and, and they're against the wall and it's a really heavy hammer it's yeah like, that's that must that's be so event. crazy how can yeah, you hold do that events. and then as well go off and do a deadlift like that it's ridiculous holding holding events and my worst events um, yeah i've got I've got uh, wire and screws in my shoulder because um, yeah. that was shot. And uh, yeah, that just goes straight away. It's like my worst event ever. <laughs> mm. how, would you, how would you compare your mindset to life uh, after the injury to now? Uh, to be completely honest, after the injury, I kind of gave up. Um, I was in a very dark place and uh, I thought, well, I'd be better off if I weren't in it, to be honest. Um, uh, but with the help of sport is really what, what brought me out of all this mm. mental health stuff. You know, mm. I still have my demons today, but I've learned to deal with them now and cope with them. Um, mm. and, and I truly believe that what, what happened to me has made me a better person than mm. what I was before I was injured. Um, so my mindset today, you know, is positive. I'm enjoying life. I'm loving life. I'm getting to travel around the world, competing. Yeah, what yeah. I love. Um, yeah. To to go so, from so, to go from where you were, and and you were in that dark place when you were at the very darkest. Could you ever even imagine doing what you do now? No, not at all. Um, I, I wouldn't even imagine me doing any type of sport. Um, I was back then. I was quite happy to sit in a chair all day eating junk food. You know, I put on loads of weight. I was deteriorating, deteriorating quite bad. So, what um, gave you? What gave you this discipline? Yeah, yeah. So, so it 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 literally was. So, my my discipline came from the military, um, but obviously, I lost it when when I was first injured. Um, and it and it was this charity battle bike that brought me back. We didn't just do water skiing with me. I did several things: canoeing, skiing. Um, you know, you name it, I've done it with the charity. And that's really what gave me my determination for life back. Mm. So sport saved your life, you would say? Oh, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell everyone that, you know, if it, if it wasn't for sport, I wouldn't even like to think if I was still alive where I'd be right now if it wasn't for sport. Did you, how did you feel when you had this, this breakthrough moment when you realized you were happy again? you were a happy person looking forward to life um it, it was probably the time they, they they took me out water skiing in cyprus um and uh, it was the first time that i've ever done it solo without anybody um mm. and i just up there and i thought you know what this this is awesome my, my life i've got to stop i've got to stop looking down and start looking up was um, it was it very sudden was it long did you just have this sudden feeling of wow i love life or was it you know gradually all getting better yeah so so obviously it was a gradual it was a gradual climb um to to where i am today um mm. but the initial the initial thing was literally like a light switch going on like this is what what i can be doing um mm. whereas before i wouldn't even dreamed of doing any of that um and then every time i took on a new sport or or i did new things it just improved, improved, improved. Every time I exercised, it improved. That's incredible. I'm, I'm very happy for you. 
I, I think uh, I, I, I didn't actually know your story. That's it. I'm, I'm a tiny bit shocked right now. Actually, <laughs> that, that is a in, incredible story. What would be your, what would be your, your best advice for somebody going through a similar thing? Um, the first step is the hardest, but each one after that gets a lot easier. Um, and I implore you, even, you know, I'm not saying you have to become a pro strong man. I'm not saying you have to be a Premier League football player. You can just be maybe taking your dog a walk where you wouldn't have before. Mm. Um, you know, and each time you do that, you you will feel the pressure just, just lifting um, and you'll feel better about yourself and a lot happier. So sport is definitely the way forward. There's lots of... Uh what I would say fake motivation around the world right now. There's a, there's a lot of people who, who claim to be, you know, the absolute zenith of motivation who, who can have the private jet lifestyle and you can be a top tier businessman. You are, you, you are, you have a right to call yourself a motivational speaker. If you, you, know, you would you ever be doing motivational seminars? Would you ever, look into that kind of thing? Yeah, so I've done a few talks in schools. I've done a rugby club. I've done a, a couple of businesses as well. Um, I, I've got to be completely honest, it, it's not my most natural setting, public course, speaking. Yeah. Um, but, but we are getting better each time I do it. So it, it's not something I haven't done and it's probably something I will do again. Okay. Uh, completely separate topic to do with Strongman. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your diet. <laughs> so um, a lot of people think the hardest thing in strongman is the, the training that you do. Nah, you scrap that. It's your diet. Um, I'm so my 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 normal diet is eight thousand calories a day. Damn. Uh, uh, yeah, eight thousand. Split Whoa. between six to eight meals a day. Um, and, it, and it's pretty full on. I'm, I'm very lucky that I do strong man because it means my diet, diet can be a lot more varied. I, I'm allowed to take fats on because, you know, the fats you need for explosive power. Mm. Um, so say one of my, one of my uh, meals might be half a cheesecake. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. A, so geez. Yeah. Like God. a proper cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't that unhealthy though? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you burned through the calories doing strong man. Yeah. But. So, so that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm not training in a minute, so I'm not even counting calories in a minute. I'm nowhere near hitting 8,000, I know that for a fact, um, because I'm, I'm doing nothing to burn them. So mm. when, when you're in a gym, you, you know, I'm talking three hours of solid lifting. I, I, I am completely soaking wet by the time I come out, mm. um, which burns loads of calories. And you need to keep getting these calories in, um, you know, in bodybuilding and stuff they eat very minimal amounts because they're trying to get rid of all their fat and trying to get the cut and get their muscles defined. Mm. Well, we're not being like that in strong man. No, you know? there's, there's lots you know, of, um, it really, it really annoys me when, when I hear people saying, Oh, he's fat. This strong man's yeah. just fat. He can't lift anything. Yeah. He's just fat. It's like, <laughs> no, don't you know, there's like metric tons of muscle underneath all of that. Yeah. So, so I, uh, my last body fat index, I, test i did um i'm carrying about 26 percent body fat wait, which is is just a, i think it's a little bit below average that is um, that's not bad that really isn't bad exactly yeah yeah um so, and i've got a power got on me but but it is muscle um and that's what people don't see um 
you know, my, my son, for instance, he, he, he'll see, I don't know, um, Jay Cutler or someone doing, doing a bodybuilding show and he'll be like, look how strong he is. Yeah, he's got abs, man. <laughs> look at those and abs. I, I sit down and say, you do know I can probably lift three times what he can lift. <laughs> and he's like, no, you can't. Look how big he is. Because they just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that look doesn't equal strength. Mm. Yeah, people, <laughs> um, people are going for the skinny look nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Whereas, you know, I'm not, I'm not vain in that, in, in that aspect. Um, if I can stand next to a bloke and be twice as big as him, I'm happy. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but, but badass, yeah, the man. Badass. Really badass. So, so you have very high calorie diet. Can you give me just a, a few examples of uh, what types of food we have? Half a cheesecake. What, what yeah. does your breakfast look like? Sorry. What does your breakfast look like? So today I had a. Bearing in mind, I'm not even on eight thousand today. Um, I had a funny yogurt and uh, a packet of chocolate cornflake cakes. Um, I'm gonna af after this. I'll probably go up and have a, a couple of scones. Hey, with... Did you say a packet of chocolate cornflake cakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how big is this packet? <laughs> like, no, not too bad. Just like this sort of size. Oh, just just this sort of size. That's like that, that's that's <laughs> big, dude. That's a big packet of chocolate cornflake cakes. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll go. I'll snack. I'll have a couple of a uh, couple of scones with clotted cream and stuff. Um, I, I'm starting to take more calories on now because I've got kick coming. So I know I'm going to be hitting the weights in. Mm. So I want my body loaded and ready, ready to rock basically. Um, mm. Dinner can be a couple of steaks, chips or mashed potatoes, you know, roast dinners. There's literally nothing on the menu that we're not allowed. Um, so, obviously, so you, can, you can have free roam for diet, burgers, yeah, milkshakes, all of it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, my, my, my protein shake that I take to bed with me is a thousand calories on its own. Wow. What yeah, you take yeah. to bed? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I used to wake up in the middle of the night and eat, but um, yeah, I can't be bothered doing that anymore. That's too mm. much. Um, there's, there's, so... one, there's one study which I was told, and I, I don't think this study is true, by the way. Maybe you can confirm it for me. That if you uh, sleep... And if you go for an hour of deep sleep, you have a release of testosterone. So you, lots of strong men uh, sort of sleep in small blocks to get that release yeah. of testosterone. Is that true? Um, yes, to a certain extent. Like, so most strong men will have a, a nap or two in the, in the daytime. Um, they'll, they'll normally do a full night's sleep at night. Um, there is a few that will wake religiously. Um, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a noticeable uh, dump of testosterone, um, but, but yeah, it, it, it does show it out in studies. So occasionally, right, I, I can do a, a hard gym session that, that, that would get me pretty drenched in sweat. You know, the, 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 what would be a normal workout for you, right? And um, the, next, the next day, the next day, I'm feeling like a, <laughs> a, a train has hit me. So how can you do three hours a day drenched in sweat and not feel like a train has hit you? Uh, so that's where the diet comes in. Um, so recovery is a massive part in the strong man. And you, you know, you, you're exhausting your body to, to crazy amounts. So your recovery is, is paramount to your training. Um, so after the gym, I always take a load of calories on, um, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I'm hydrated. I'll make sure I'm taking the right proteins on getting enough, 
vitamins into my system um, and, and training wise. So a chest session would be for me, I'd go in, I'd probably start on bench, work my way up to 200, 220 kilos on bench. Oh my God. Um, Whoa, 220. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, that, now I'm just, there's going to be some people listening who, who don't know how heavy that is. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I can I can barely do a hundred kilogram bench for one rep, and you're doing two hundred and twenty. Yeah, so I normally warm up about about one hundred and twenty kilos, um, and go for twelve reps on that, and then and then. Are you are you half bulldozer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, again, it, it comes down to to your diet as well. Um, you know, most things in sport that people don't realize is a lot of it comes down to being on the correct diet and a new, right nutrition plan. Because if you're not, it, it's going to mess you up. It's going to make you tired. You're going to be fatigued. You're not, you're not going to have your motivation. You know, it, it affects you in so many ways. Um, I, I'm just very fortunate that I've perfected mine to fit my training routine. Um, so, yeah. How many, since you started Strongman? How many kilograms of muscle do you think you've packed on? It's quite hard to say because um, I was quite a big lad to start with because I was overweight. Um, well, yeah, I was a few stone overweight. So I've probably... I'd probably say over the last four years, I've probably put six to seven kilos of muscle on. Um, seven kilos that is yeah that's it, a hefty it, amount of muscle it's i've got a big frame anyway so i was, I was never meant to be small mm. um, and obviously when i was first injured i lost all my muscle because i was just sitting around doing nothing yeah of course uh, so obviously that springs back quite fast because yeah. of muscle when you start training um and then because of the intensity of my training it's just gone on and on from there so how do you psych yourself up for a big lift? Because um, I, know, I know you have, right, when I see uh, Benny Magnuson, I think his name is, right, when, yeah. when he goes for a deadlift, he's hitting himself, <laughs> he's shaking around, he looks like a stressed out basketball. Dude. He, he's, he's properly um, psyching himself up. I, I sort of get a little bit scared when I look at ben, Benny Magnuson sort of getting ready for a lift. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you get ready for your lifts? Uh, completely different from probably 99% of the strongman family. Um, a lot of them do do the uh, outwards aggression, uh, firing themselves up, get a pump of adrenaline. For me, um, so so this doesn't this doesn't do it for each event. So in in if I was if I was doing bench press, I'd be firing myself up normally, giving myself a slap. A bit of aggression but, but when I'm doing my deadlift um, I never really thought about it until after I've done my lift and then I'm when I look back and go oh yeah well, that's a bit weird but I just I kind of go in on myself I close my eyes mm. um, I'm just going I'm, I'm telling myself that there ain't much weight on that bar there's no way it's staying down it's got to go up oh. I'm gonna look like an idiot if I don't lift it um, and, and then my eyes open and then it's game time and that's when the aggression comes out Mm. Um, which, which is completely different to most people. Most people show the outwards aggression, um, especially in strongman. Mm. Um, but, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the nerves on top of it all, 
that's that's just what's worked for me. So if you were just about to prepare for your lift, right, and I, and I sort of walked over and said, "Hi, man, you're right." You you wouldn't start sort of sh- screaming and shouting at me, telling me to go away. But no, you, I probably wouldn't even say anything to you. You probably, probably wouldn't say anything. Yeah? I probably wouldn't even hear you, to be honest. Um, I kind of try to separate myself away from the sounds. Um, yeah, obviously, okay. you've got the crowds piling in, and 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 I just. This is where that you know I just take my breath and I you know I'm like eyes are open, game face on, and then it's going. How how do you deal with the uh, crowds? Because I would imagine after your injury, you would you would have had to deal with some severe PTSD. How, yeah, how, yeah. So, how do crowds work with you right now? So I uh, I, did, I still suffer with PTSD quite bad. I go mm. on nine stuff. Um, it's a permanent thing. It's it's really. Not not yeah. spoken about enough. Well, what, what, you, you, so it never goes away. You just learn to live with it and cope with it better, um, mm. which which I have. I'm pretty happy place with it. Um, but but to start with, I wouldn't even go out in crowds. You know, um, I went on a holiday to Turkey and we ended up in a market, not even thinking about anything. And halfway through, I had a full-on panic attack, and I made my family run out of there. And you know, I really, I upset the kids because mm. uh, I didn't know what was going on, and I was freaking out. Um, but but ever since then, it, it's been getting a lot better. Uh, I kind of push myself to go in in uncomfortable positions now. Um, Mm. so going out in town and stuff and just just prepping myself that way and, and then slowly coming up the ranks in strongman you go from a competition where you've probably got 10 people watching the next one you might have 30 then 100 blah blah yeah. blah yeah. and so on um so it breaks you in slowly but i'm a lot comfortabler now in in in, in public so did, did that take a, a long time were you because I've I've heard examples of of people even when going to restaurants having to sit into the chair that has the wall behind it, so nobody's behind you. You know, it's, yeah. What, kinda, what, I, what goes through your head when when you see large crowds, and, and is there any sort of demons that try to rise up? How do you push them down? How do you deal with with all of that? Yeah. So so obviously. Um, if there's a loud bang or anything, um, I used to drop to the floor straight away. Wow. Because um, it would take me back. It would take yeah, me back to the war zone. Um, uh, and that, that got kind of better. And then coming out in crowds um, make, makes you flap a little bit and you start panicking. Being in a, being in a wheelchair as well, what people don't understand is you're mm. so much lower than everyone. So you're completely yeah. good yeah. And you just feel like you're being squashed. Mm. Uh, and that was quite a hard thing to get used to um i'm still i wouldn't say i'm 100 percent comfortable in that position now but but i, I will do it and i'll, and I'll push mm. myself a bit um especially well, competition let, let me tell you now it, it should be the uh people being afraid of you especially <laughs> since you can lift up 550 kilograms I mean, if, if people could see how heavy that is, I watched a video of a, a 550 kilogram pumpkin being dropped onto a van, right? Before yeah. it was into, and, and oh my God, it does some damage. It's, 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 <laughs> how, how in God's earth you, you lifted that. I, I, and, and now you're going for 600. Yeah, well, why not? You might as well set yourself challenges. 
Do you think um, you're going to do it? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it on if I didn't truthfully believe what I could do. It. It's not going to be an easy lift. Um, mm. It's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of time and a lot of training. But but I've given myself two years to complete the lift. Mm. Uh, so I think I think I've given myself more more than enough time to to get the job done. Now there was there was rumor when Hathor Bjornsson did his <laughs> five hundred one kilogram deadlift. There was rumor that he had already completed the lift, you know, that he's he did it in his personal gym beforehand. And that's how he was so confident in, in doing so. So have you, and you don't have to answer this, you, you can sort of just give me a, a little look if you have. Have you, um, <laughs> have you got near the 600? Have you gone higher than yeah. 550? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 sorry. I haven't gone higher than 550 yet. Uh, 550 is my, my max at the moment. Okay. Um, but, but going into a competition, you, you kind of do check weights. So you go pretty close to the mark. Mm. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm in there and I'm doing 530 and it's not going up, I know this ain't going to happen. So there's no way I'm going to do an extra 20 kilos in a few days. Mm. Um, so, so it's important to do those check weights for confidence. Um, and, and to get that check weight in and then to go out there, you're kind of telling yourself, you know, what's 20 kilos? It's nothing. Mm. By the so, way, it, it was it was very very cool seeing Eddie Hall referee your lift. By the way, that was yeah. I was I was looking at it thinking, damn, that, that is that's quite cool. Yeah. So um, the the first time I broke his his it, the, the deadlift record um, was the year before, um, and I did five hundred and one kilos. So mm. I just got one over what Eddie did, and he was actually there and watched that one. Um, and yeah, he came over and spoke to me, and we got chatting and stuff. He's he's a he's a really quite nice guy. Mm. Um, and he was he was out this year, and I said, well, you know, it'd be cool if we could get you down and, and ref it. You know, uh, we, at the end of the day, we would be the only two people that's ever lifted five hundred plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I did go back backstage this year after after completing the five fifty, and I went four. What's happening, mate? Because <laughs> uh, he, because event originally we thought he was going to go for the five hundred one of the Arnold's, um, but but again that's in the middle of competition, so I think he took a step back because he's concentrating on the competition. Mm. And, I, and I said, you know, like, come on, mate, you, you, you're falling behind now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> would, um, would you? Um, can I? Can I get your predictions for the uh, very? Uh, you're smiling. You know what I'm going to say. You, you, yeah, you of course know I what do. I'm going to say. Everyone's been asking me. <laughs> can I get your predictions for the let me just tell the audience because they, they might not know they, they might not have the um, um, so Eddie Hall and Hafor Bjornsson two of the biggest strongest men in the world are going to be fighting it out sort of two titans of the strongman world are going to be in a boxing fight and I've seen Eddie Hall cutting down he's ridiculously shredded at the minute um Hathor doesn't seem as shredded. I know he's training. So what are your predictions for the Eddie Hall versus Hathor Bjornsson boxing match? So um, I've got no favoritism. I want to point that out to start with. You know, oh, both, are you sure, dude? <laughs> they're, both, they're both really nice guys um, when, when you get speaking to them um, and get past all the, the, you know, the face value stuff. They're both really down-to-earth guys. Um, I've I, personally believe that, that Eddie's going to have the upper hand on this one because of fitness wise. 
Um, four going into the 501 was extremely heavy. Uh, he was extremely slow, and for him to cut down enough, I don't think, I, I think it's going to be a bit too much in a year for him to cut down to what he needs to get to get the stamina. Um, having said that, I don't think it's going to be the best fight in the world you're ever going to see. No, uh, that's, that's what I've been thinking. They're just too big and heavy for it to be a yeah, sort of Anthony of Joshua style boxing fight, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I did boxing for the military um, and I weighed 83, uh, yeah. What was that like? Let's let's put Eddie Hall and Hathor for down for a second. What was boxing for the military like? Wow, that 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 sounds way more tough. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I've got to be honest. I, I wasn't the best at it. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I, I had to cut too much, which then cut my chin away a bit. So, um, but but yeah. It, it got me out of work for a few years. <laughs> yeah. Any any injuries? Any broken noses? And well, you only have to look at that conquer to see that it's been broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But 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 yeah, you know, I, it was a good experience for me, um, and and it gives me a better insight into boxing. Mm. So you um, think Eddie so, yeah, has the upper hand here? I, I think I think fitness and speed wise, Eddie's there. Don't get me wrong. I think if four can get a big haymaker off mm. that, that, that it's going to do its damage. But He has the, the reach right, advantage for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and the height and all that. Um, but but fitness-wise, I, I, I would be putting my money on Eddie at the moment. And just Eddie's whole determination in winning and, and, and you know, flipping his finger to the world and saying, I told you I'd do that. Yeah, he, he has that, that sort of similar discipline I, I see with, with you and your your lifting and training and, and so yeah. on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the unicorn beast movement. <laughs> so, so how was that created? What, what is the unicorn uh, beast all about? Can't see it very well. No, no. Unicorn so, uh, beast. Yeah, basically uh, the first year I went over to the Arnold's, I had a, a big gorilla as my, 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 my sign. And uh, over time there was a lot of, um, uh, bitching in the sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a bit of pettiness going on. Um, a couple of athletes didn't see eye to eye, and you know what? I just I thought, why are we doing this? You, you get into sport because you love it, because you mm. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and we just happened to be going around the expo, and they had a, a sort of store there called Unicorn Muscle, which is an American company. And I just thought it was so cool to bring a bit of fun back into the sport. Yeah. Um, and I asked those guys uh, if I could use They declined. Um, so I actually found a designer in England that designed this for me. Uh, and yeah, and it, uh, um, originally it was the beast, but obviously Eddie Hall took that. So <laughs> my, my, niece, my niece turned around one day and went, you're the unicorn beast. You are the unicorn uh, beast. Yeah. So, so that kind of stuck from there. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's just fun and, and, and a bit eye-catching. So it, so it spawned out of there being a, a little bit too much ego in the uh, strongman. Yeah, yeah. Which definitely. is something which I definitely understand when you say that. There's, there's sort of, you get the uh, memories of school when you see sort of strongmen flocking together. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm the biggest. Yeah, look at me. Uh, constantly flexing. It's like, yeah, there's sort of... Um, but like overpowered children, really. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it can get quite hot. You know, at the end of the day, you're all fighting for one thing. Yeah. Uh, 
it's only one of them. So, you know, you, you do get irate and, you know, I, I've, I've lost my temper a couple of times with, with certain things. Um, but, but I think it's very important to, to still be enjoying what you're doing and not, not turn it into a negative, keep it as a positive. Mm. That's, that's an argument I would never want to mediate between two strong men. <laughs> I, I would be, I would be in another country by then. That sounds, that sounds like uh, the beach masters are going at it. Really, that's a, that's a nasty one. <laughs> so, back to back to recovery quickly. Yeah. What are what are all your methods of recovery? So we have diet. Do you ever do ice baths? Do you ever do hot and cold treatment? Well, yeah. So. I don't have an ice bath. I don't even have a bath. I have a, a, a wet room. So I tend to take cold showers after training. Cold showers. Uh, and sit under them for quite a while. Um, I also have a very good chiropractor. Mm. Uh, I have a masseuse, which I tend to, especially on the build-up to a competition, I might be going to the chiropractor twice a week, masseuse once a week, um, just to, to release these muscle fibers from, from where they've got tight and just uh yeah loosen your body up really and work on any little niggles you've got um obviously nutrition comes into it that's a big part making sure you're taking the right stuff on afterwards you know the high energy um and 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 yeah just making sure you have your downtime as well that's very important that you know if you can train so many hours a day but if then you're going to go into work and do a whole day's work on top of that you're never going to recover properly mm. so you've got to choose when and where and how you do your training yeah it it, it does it's a very uh, demanding sport and whenever i whenever i see these athletes doing the things they do i think well you're just gonna have arthritis later you know it seems like it's going to be really challenging to to put this amount of weight to carry these stones you know all of these things through your body and have that pressure going down on your spine and and your bones grinding away it just sort of seems like a a frightening uh strain on the body so it, it is brutal i've got the one added advantage that i came in with with arthritis so i'm not going to catch it twice <laughs> um, <laughs> some could call that an advantage yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it is. It's a very punishing sport. Um, but that's why we we train like we do um, to to make it as safe as we can. Mm. Um, you know, a strong man going into a comp, yeah, there's a risk of injury. But if you've got a novice going into the same comp, they're going to get injured. Mm. Um, and that's why we go through the process of the training and the discipline within the each individual event. Um, you know, coming up to a comp, the events get released, and that's what you train. You're not all, you're not all the time training for max weight. Sometimes you won't have any weight on, and you're just practicing the movement to make sure you've got that down to a T and to minimise any chance of injuries. Mm. Now, this is this is quite a, a loaded question here, so so take time <laughs> to think about it. Where yeah. where do you think the limit for for the seated deadlift is gonna is gonna be? Good question. Yeah. So it take, um, take some time to think about it. So obviously you're going for the, uh, you're going for the 600 kilogram, which is, is very sort of dark territory. You know, yeah. people have never gone that, that high in, in the, in the weight section. So 
where where is it going to be the cap? Because you can't obviously go to one thousand five hundred. You know, so that'd be quite nice. That that would be that would be something. Wouldn't be breaking out any day soon. That would be something. That, um, yeah, yeah. I, it, it'd be impossible for me to put a number on. I, I would. Six hundred is going to be a challenge. It, it you know, I, I'm doing this because I I want to set a legacy. Mm. Um, my nearest competitor in competition lifted four hundred and sixty kilos. Yeah, the 550 is getting quite a solid distance away from... Uh... So, I'm all, yeah, you know, I'm, all, I'm already a, a good chunk away, but I, I kind of want to... There is a few people coming through the ropes now that are very... Ranks now that are very good at deadlift. Um, I've seen people hit... Well, they've said it's 500 in training. It looks mm. it looks heavy anyway, so... Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the competition's building. Uh, I welcome the competition because at the moment I'm fighting against myself. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you really are. You are a, a figurehead. of You're the first man to go over half a ton. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, for me, I would like, I would like to keep pushing it, um, but I've got to do it with safety in mind. I don't want to get to the point where I'm mm. going to injure myself because I'm missing something stupid. Mm. Um, so I, I'll probably hit 600. Um, well, I intend to hit 600. Mm. Um, after I hit 600, I may go on, but it, I'm not. It, it won't be stupid jumps from there on. Yeah, it won't be 50 kilograms up. You're going to yeah. go for go for the ones at least. Yeah, 601, yeah, 602. That, that sounds a lot more sensible. I, I, I reckon that 650 could be possible. You think if, six, 650 would be your if, max? I don't know if it'd be my max, but I, I reckon it's possible. Um, I, I would like to think that I could probably hit that sort of weight, but it would take a lot of dedication on that one particular event to do it. Um, when, and, when, when do you intend, and obviously it's, it's very, very difficult to say now with, with the coronavirus <laughs> and, and what's happening, but when, when do you intend to make the lift for, for the 600 uh, Cause it, you know, you're going to need a, a lot of time to prepare for, for something that heavy. Yeah. So like I said, I've given myself two years. Um, we, we always lift world records in comp. Mm. Um, else they're not official world records. Um, so f for me, it, it, I'd like it at one of the big comps, but we're also in the pipeline of organizing a England's strongest disabled man. And uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but Eddie's bringing the Arnolds over next year to the NEC. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get, that's exciting. To, um, yeah. So I'm trying to organize a, a, a strongman comp there as well. Okay. Um, so, so it'll be uh, one of the, the big events that will bring the crowds in. Um, you know, for me, when let, to put in some comparison, when Harfour lifted his 501, he got paid $101,000 for it. Wow. I lifted 550 and I got zero for it. Mm. <laughs> because, yeah. because we haven't got that following there in the sport and we haven't, mm. got, the, we ha haven't got the sponsors on. Um, I mean, so, the, the sport is still still quite young, it, you know. It, it is it, it's still in its infant years, um, but but the problem we have is that we have that dirty word included in our sports name, disabled. Mm. Um, 
companies, well, probably won't admit it, but companies don't like to sponsor disabled people. Yeah, um, yeah. They don't get the coverage that the able-bodied get. And, and I can understand because for a sponsor, they want their, their buck to be spread the biggest. And the biggest followings you've got, that's who you want to go after. Mm. Um, I, I have been working with some pretty pretty decent companies now um, that, that like what I do and uh, that, that we're moving forward with. Um, <laughs> Through Corona, I've lost two of my sponsors. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a heavy hit on everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but but yeah, hopefully we can get something sorted out, and uh, we'll 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 sort. We're hoping to bring a lot more money into the sport now, get some cash prizes going, and stuff like that. So you say, dirty word, disabled, right? And and this was something that was running through my mind, right? When I was even writing out the <laughs> intro, I was saying, do I say strongman or disabled strongman? Dis you know, disabled. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that would have been the, the best the pathway to go down. But, but do you think having the disabled in front of the strongman sort of gives it less viewers or less attention or, or something? No, not, not the word. The fact that we are disabled gives it less viewers. Um, just because um, people are not aware of it, they, you know, no disabled sport is followed more than an able-bodied sport. Mm. So yeah. you look at football, disabled football, we never see it. It's never on TV. Yeah. It's because there just isn't, the, the world is getting better with it. Mm. Um, you know, the Paralympics have been doing their part. They've, they've really took off in the last few games. Um, and it is getting better, but there's still a long way to go. Um, what? How How do you think that this could get improved then? Do you think it needs more promotion or does it need uh, a, a more slow, gradual build-up or, you know? No, I don't think it needs a gradual build-up. I think, I, I think we're there. I think we can put on a good show. I think we can entertain the crowds. Mm. Um, Know that when I'm doing my lifts, I'm, I'm getting a big crowd. Mm. Um, I'm getting a big crowd because it's an able-bodied event and they're already there. Mm. Whether they come buy tickets just to see me lift, I don't know. So, um, so do you think uh, there should be? You think the Paralympics should merge with the Olympics? Is, is that something that you think would? would uh, yeah, that 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 is. Um, you know, I've been saying for a long time that we should be running competitions alongside the able-bodied. Uh, and the only one we do is is the Arnold's, and we're not we're not even alongside it. We're on different days, um, but that's the closest we get to 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 being competing with them. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think I think you could have an able-bodied event, disabled, able, disabled, and run it like that that way in a competition. Mm. So we get to both worlds. We're not waiting around why 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 they're all resting and getting changed and. and you know, in between the events, because they're getting to see another event, which you're going to keep more bums in seats. Yeah. Do you think uh, we should be doing the same with uh, female and male sports, or should that be kept separate as well? No, no, no. Yeah, we 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 are. So in disabled strength, we have female categories as well. We compete alongside them. Um, we we're obviously not head to head. Um, mm, of course, it, yeah. Wouldn't be fair, mm. um, but. But yeah, I, I don't see why. And again, in able-bodied strongmen, you don't see the female strongmen. Mm. Well, should I say? Strongmen. Um, female strongmen. Yeah. Old strongmen, but um, they are strongmen. But that does sort of bring me on to a, a slightly more 
controversial topic, let's say. And, and if, you, if you wish to uh, sort of turn away from this question, that's, that's fully understandable. But yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you feel about transgender athletes? And sort of what were biological men um, competing in women's sport? So I do not have a problem with it. I have a problem with the process at the moment. So as a transgender, say if I went through the change, mm -hmm. I would be allowed to compete with a woman, even though I had twice the testosterone in my body. Mm. And you don't think that's wrong? No, I do think that's, that, the, yeah. that process is wrong. You should be equal testosterone to a woman. If you want to compete as a woman, you should be equal to a woman. What about, what about uh, the years of testosterone they've had before? It, it doesn't really matter um, because as they go through that process, it's going to drop off. Um, when you can be the biggest bodybuilder, strongman you want, once you start that process, you're not allowed to compete until that testosterone level is at that, le at that level. So, so hang that, on, say, I, that, say that again, sorry. So, so at the start of the process, you start taking your, your female hormones and stuff. I don't mm. think you should be allowed to compete from that point until you test the same as a female. That, so that, in that time, that's when all your testosterone is going to drop off. You know, all, all the male side of things is going to, going to fall away. Mm. And then you're on an equal level to a woman. What so, I don't want to do, I don't want to look into a competition and see somebody that's on twice as much testosterone exploring yeah. the whole competition without mm. even trying because that, that doesn't interest me in the slightest. So, so if there was equal testosterone levels yeah. um, and, you, and you still saw specifically transgender athletes storming the contest, which, you know, if you look at uh, statistics, that would possibly be what would happen. You know, it's, it's highly likely that, that you would see uh, the transgender people still winning. Um, do you then think then, well, hang on, it's still not equal or, or they're on the same testosterone level, so? Yeah, not, not at all. I, I'm, I'd, I'd be more than happy for them to storm the competition if they were equal. The problem we've got at the moment is if you look at the Olympics, the Olympic state, you're allowed twice as much testosterone as a woman if you're mm. going through change, which is wrong. It is yeah. wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, why? Definitely, of course. You, you're all meant to be on an equal playing field, so mm. you should all have be tested and be at the same level there or thereabouts. Now, and would that, thinking, would that apply for biological <laughs> women as well? If if they had sort of naturally higher testosterone. Well, so when we talk about naturally high testosterone, we're not talking about massive jumps. We're talking very small jumps. Mm. So they'll be high by a tiniest amount. So there'll be, a, there'll be a, a normal spectrum you could work, work into. Um, and, and yeah, as soon as the transgender fall into that spectrum, then they can compete. Mm. Okay. You so, know, there's, there's no woman out there that, that, that produces two, three times the amount of testosterone as a normal woman. So we're yeah. talking very small increases. We're not talking massive dumps of testosterone or anything like that. Mm. Are there any... Are there any transgender people in the in the strongman world? Um, I, I I I don't know any that, that come to mind. No, so so we have we we've got a gay competitor Rob Kearney. Mm. Really nice bloke. Yeah, he, he's a awesome dude. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, we 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 uh, we got speaking to him and his partner last year as well. Um, the Arnold, they were really really good guys. Um, but oh, yeah. I don't think we have any transgender, as I know. Um, I know bodybuilding has. Does it? Uh, I don't know if I, I. I don't think I don't know if she competes or not. But she used to compete as a male, um, and she was very. Well, she used to win quite a bit, you know. Well, he at the time used to win quite a bit, mm. um, and I know that she was. She's still in bloody good shape, really. Mm. Um, but I don't know if she still competes now. So, completely separate topic now. Um, back to the back to the military. <laughs> yeah. Do you? feel because this is this is one this is one problem i have with with britain as a country is i, yeah. is I feel like uh the military in this country are, are nowhere near respected enough you know in, in america you have sort of huge parades for the military that are coming home and and there's such a strong statement of respect like like these are yeah. the heroes that are fighting for you and I, I don't see that in this country. I certainly don't see, it's not very prominent. No, no, I, co I completely agree with you. Um, in, in America, it's unreal. Even as a British soldier, I go over there. If they find out I'm a soldier, my meals get paid for. And yeah. it, it is absolutely crazy the respect they show. Um, over here, we are forgotten about quite a lot. Um, I made a point the other day about everybody's doing this clap for the NHS, which I, I totally agree with. They're doing mm. a good job. Mm. Yeah, but, but the, then, the, 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 the clap the for the NHS is something that's only really, well, it's, it's highly likely. It's just a government tactic, isn't it? It's to uh, sort of make uh, the nation feel a little bit more patriotic about, about the country as a whole. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 the government could have also done that when when the boys came home. Yeah. Oh, um, and we we're risking our life just as much. You know, mm. it, it, it's crazy that half the people in England don't even know what went on over in Afghanistan. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's because they're not aware not of it. About. It's just it's gone under death ears. Really, it's they, they they haven't got this this sense of pride about their military for some reason, which I think is crazy because you've got thousands and thousands of young men and women that that put their life on the line to mm. defend the country that they live in, yet they don't show them respect, which for me is mind blowing. And uh, for me, as as a young person in this country, I you know I, I was never it's never really something that's pushed uh, onto me. It's sort of the only reason why I started thinking about the fact that the military aren't respected enough is only because of when I went to jujitsu, you know, most of the lads there are ex-military or still in the military on their break. And when you just get talking with them and you, you hear the stories of what they went through, you think, Oh my God, why is, why is this not talked about today? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was crazy. You know, um, there was a death not that long ago, um, in Afghanistan, um, and watching on the news, it was Corona this, Corona that. Yeah. No one spoke about her coming home. And it was, it, it's heartbreaking, really. They mm. lose their life and they're just get defending the country that we live in and they can just forget, get forgotten about. It, it just, it's really mind blowing that, that aspect to me is.
Hmm. How can how can it be pushed more? In in your opinion, how do you think this this country can start having a similar style to America with the, as far as respect to the military is concerned? You see, it's quite a difficult one because we used to be a very patriotic country, but I don't believe we are anymore. Hmm. Um, Why is know, that? I, I, I really don't know. I, I, you know, for me, it's probably just the way society is now changed. Um, mm. But but Britain used to be such a tight knit thing, and I don't see it like that anymore. We just, we, you know, we we just live here now. Um, it, there's no real sense of pride of, of country, which mm. is a big shame because you know we're one of the powerful nations in the world, and we're also one of the bloody smallest. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 what I think has happened is I think we've been we've been too progressive, too fast. You know, it's it's yeah. all it's all happened so quickly, right? Which yeah. there there are there are many there are many things that needed to change, right? <clears throat> First of all, the fact that that gay people couldn't get married that then that's awful, right? And 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 most people would agree with me there. So yeah. there was a there was a big dragon that had to be slain. And once it was slain, then, you know, the dragon is gone. Yeah, yeah. What tends to be happening now is they're either waving swords at tiny dragons or invisible dragons. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, and that's purely because it's happened so fast. And you have to sort of look at both sides and you have to think, well, it needed to happen. But did it need to happen so quickly as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, You know, America has this cheesy slogan to make make america great again but really that's kind of what we need to do mm. it is well, you know fall back to those we, we need we need context when uh when the uh make america great again slogan gets gets thrown about because there are there are two sides right there's the make american industry great again yeah yeah fiscally speaking so improve the financial side of america and then there's the social side Right. Yeah. So it's it's fairly obvious to me, at least, that, that being socially liberal is a good thing. Right. And, and if there are some extremist people who then take that slogan on the social side and then build it into something that it's not. Right. No, yeah. And, you know, people could easily take the make America great again out of context and think, well, you know, when when it when was america great when was america's financial world booming well yeah 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 you know it, it yeah. was during fairly dark times for minorities yeah yeah so back to that sorry I, I went on a bit of a tangent there um <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, as far as the the military is concerned how how could we slow things down and, and, and sort of reestablish core values? Um, I don't know. I think, I think maybe the government need to be doing a bit more for the military. Um, I think um, the, the, the news programs in this country can be doing a lot more to highlight the military. And, mm. You know, a lot of people don't understand that we're still in these countries. Everyone thinks we're, we're not. Yeah. But we've still got, okay, it's not very many people there now, but we've still got people in these countries mm. doing dangerous work. One, one, thing that's get, one thing that gets thrown around a lot by, by people, uh, in the UK especially, 
is that, that we should sort of slash the uh, funding for the military. And uh, some people say, put it into, um, put it into a more socialist system. Some people say, put it into police policing and and you know a lot of people don't realize how useful the military really is and to to go around and look at the military how it's already had so many cuts you know there's been constant um yeah. sort of oh we don't have enough cash for this let's just take it out of the military you know because yeah. it's it's unseen it's unheard of yeah you know um going on it really highlights it when you go on tour with some of the other nations standing next to America and they're rolling in with all this brand new equipment and you're still using the old rusty stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we're very lucky because, you know, we're very disciplined in the military and we look after our kids. So it does last us a long time, but there's only so many cuts you can make. And then before you know it, some country is going to be like, they're weak. Let, let, yeah. let, let, let's attack. Let's go for it. Yeah, especially um, when that country's a powerhouse. Exactly. Um, and, you know, like with the Navy, they took massive cuts now. If anything mm. happened at sea, we would be rubbish. We, we would be screaming for our allies to come and save us because we wouldn't, you know, especially going after a big nation with a full armada, it would we'd be crazy. Mm. So you, you think there's definitely a wound in the military right now? Yeah, definitely. Um you know, those, those lads out there are dying for this country. Well, lads and ladies, sorry, are dying for this country. And people forget that. Mm. They may get too wrapped up in the politics of if should we be at war or not? Was it the right thing? Well, yeah, when, you, you've got to concentrate on the people who are out there and, and sort of almost exactly. accept the fact, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. You, know, you can't sort of be on the fence it, with, with something like this. And it wasn't the soldiers' fault. They're doing what they're paid to do. They joined up. It's out of their control. They can't say, I don't agree with this war. I'm not going. Mm. You'd get charged. Mm. You know, you, you sign up to, to defend your company, country the best way you can. And if that means whatever the government says you do, that, so be it. That's how it has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> talking, I talk to a lot of people about military and, you know, they always say to me, do you think it was the right thing? And I say, I'm not paid to think. Yeah. You know, that wasn't my job. I, I, wasn't I wasn't a politician. It wasn't my job to say if it's right or wrong to go into war. It was my job to follow an order and defend our country mm. and do what, what the high ranking said. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it's, a shame that, um, it's a shame that there's a huge chunk of society that really frowns upon the military and sees soldiers as murderers and barbarians yeah. rather than than heroes and uh, you know these strong these strong people who are actually fighting for your freedom uh, and you know it's it's the most respectable thing in my opinion you know to to fight for somebody's freedom to to live freedom of speech it, it, these are the the core values to life that makes life a fun interesting thing worth living yeah definitely yeah you know, all I have to say is look at any other nation's military, um, see how they are foreseen through their public. You know, I don't think, I, I can't think of another military that, that, that the public don't respect and love. Mm. Um, 
you know, it, it's a great honour in other countries. Um, you know, if you walk through the, the roads with uniform, you get people coming up and saying, congratulations, well done, and uh, you're doing an awesome job, stuff like that. I hmm. could I could go down the road in uniform and no one even bat her eyelid at me. That's horrible to hear. It, 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 it is, it is crazy. But but that's not why I joined the military. I didn't, I didn't do it for... Yeah, to well, 99.9% .9 don't. 90, they they yeah. join to, to fight the good fight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, as far as I'm aware, all the, all the soldiers are defending their countries in, in different areas of the world. Whether, whether the public agree with it or not, that's what we're doing. And um, you should support us for being us, not, not the decisions that were made above our pay scale. Mm. Martin, you're you're a very inspirational person. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, doing this interview. It was an honour to speak with you. No worries. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, there's Unicorn Beast merch. Where where can people find that? Yeah, so if you uh, want to get hold of me on Instagram or Facebook, um, on Instagram it is Strongman Ty. Uh, Facebook is Martin Ty. Drop me a, a message on there, and if I've got it in stock, I'll get it sent out as soon as possible. And it's to support you and help you with your career in Strongman? Yeah, definitely. Um, so so a lot of people are probably not aware that, that all the travel that we do at the moment is out of our own pockets. Um, so it's either by getting sponsors on board or by other means. And this is just one other means to keep me to go to as many competitions as I can go. Are there any sponsors you want to thank on here, or...? Yeah, so so here we go. We've got this is one of our sponsors, ATX. They make uh, gym equipment, um, and then well, I'm not going to turn around, but I've got, I've got about six or seven on the back as well. Um, uh, so yeah, Herbal um, is a natural testosterone booster that, that sponsored me on. Um, I've, I've been very lucky with 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 my sponsors, um, but yeah, like. Yeah, if you want a t-shirt, there's two different designs. Um, the one I'm wearing at the moment is a deadlift one, and the other one is with a barbell. So yeah, if you want to, if you you know, if you want to uh, grab one, just message me. Mm, awesome. I I shall be investing in a unicorn beast shirt. <laughs> I'm I've, I'm going to be doing a, a little fitness competition with my friends soon, so I'll be using that as my uh yep. my fitness wear. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. No worries. Cheers, guys. Thank you.